Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved.
sign of deliverance for a generation I see chains coming off young people man when you speak so I bless you man I bless you man you're worthy 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 so worthy where would we be without you man oh man oh man Rigo comes back and he'd be like, whoa, what do you speak about? Man. Guys, thank you. I bless you, man. Um, I was going to wait to you. Can you share what you shared really quick? And I, and I just want you guys to listen to this. This is something that, that my wife heard in the spirit. 
morning. Um, as I was there worshiping, I turned over to my husband and I said, what do you feel in your spirit? And um, just felt like the Lord was telling me in my spirit, like this is a house that has not forgotten their first love. And I really felt that. I felt that so strongly. And um, I don't know what battles, I don't know what situations, what things maybe this church has been going through. Um, but I just wanted to encourage you and tell you that he is pleased. He is pleased. And there's a strong presence. Every time I come here, I just feel like God abides in this place. Like he is here. And keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Do not let anything, anyone stop you from pursuing his presence. Because it's evident. And I just wanted to release that over you guys. And that's what I felt. Thank you, Mama. Well, that's my wife, Emma. I have uh, some disciples uh, here with me. I just married this couple, Juan and Rebecca. The newlyweds, give it up. They're here in the front. So I just uh, just want to bless you guys, man, because I know that I know that the the presence of his presence abides when the people praise. You know, he abides. But you need to have a, a, an ear that's in tune to the Spirit of God to be able to guide people. And then there's a moment that you just there and you just, you don't got to do anything, you just get out the way. So you, when, you, when you're leading worship, you need to have the ability to listen to the Spirit and then also have the humility to step out the way. There's a lot of ministers that they just, they just want to be the center of attention, you know, and it's, you know, we all deal with struggles but it takes humility to say, okay, Lord, I'm done. And this worship team, every time I've come here, that's what I, that's what ministers my heart. And I know that's what ministers the Lord's heart. So I know that's one of the reasons that it's so easy to just tap into his presence. So I bless you guys, all right? You guys are thankful for your worship team. You guys are good. You guys can go down. I don't want to keep you up here. But thank you. All right. Whew. How you guys doing? Man, it's always, it's always good to be in the house. You guys are my family. And I, if, it, I'm not just saying it because, you know, that's the cool thing to say or because I want you guys to like me. I really feel like family in this house, man. And so I just, just want to thank you for that that receptive heart and that loving heart that you guys always receive me and my family and whoever's with me. Um, my wife, she turns, I hate when she does that sometimes. She's like, oh, so what do you feel in the spirit? I'm like, oh, man. Because <laughs> you don't want to say the wrong thing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you want to make sure that you're, you're the same way. Uh, but uh, it's awesome to just be able to be here. And uh, I love it when the Lord speaks, you know, uh, like I said, I, I, I know you guys, the first time that I've ever uh, prophesied in public like this was in this house and was the last time I came. So, uh, so uh, this, is how, this house has been used in my life to go to places and step out in faith. And, uh, and I just thank God that he catches me every time, you know. Uh, Never want to say something that's 
not a word less and not a word more, you know? So I just, uh, I want to bless and honor your senior pastors, Pastor Rigo and Nancy. Uh, I want to tell you guys, man, that, you know, uh, I've known Rigo since I was five. You know, his, his father's back there. I used to go to his house and play, uh, I forgot what it's called, the Nintendo pad that used to run. And Yeah, man, that was, uh, you got some of you guys are like, what? Is that Nintendo? Uh, <laughs> Uh, we used to, I used to go to the Keys with Rigo for like a week or two, and then I would come back acting like him. My mom was like, bro, I leave you alone with Rigo for two weeks, and you start acting like him. If, I don't know if you guys know your pastor that well, but he's kind of like a clown. <laughs> and they told me that his son is just like him, right? That he's, yeah, he's going to pay. Uh, <laughs> we all do. <laughs> um, but I just want to honor him in public. Uh, because he is a man that fears God. There's no perfect pastor and, he, and, uh, and there's no perfect church or congregation, but him and his wife, they serve God wholeheartedly and they, uh, they walk in fear of the Lord and their biggest desire is to bring a smile upon Daddy God's face. And that's what you need to worry about. When you have somebody that's leading you, that that's his greatest desire, that you don't got to worry about anything else. You hear me? So I just want to honor him here publicly and just pray for him. And his, and his wife, because being a, a senior leader is not easy. You know, it's not easy. Uh, I'm not saying you guys are not easy. I'm just saying that being a senior leader is not easy. But anyway, um, today, uh, the title of the preaching is called Untraditional. Untraditional. And uh, we're going to go through a few scriptures. The first scripture is, is one that we all know we've probably recited and uh, it's John 14, 6. If you have it, we're going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. John 14. Is it going to come up there or not? Okay, just making sure. Just going to wait for you guys. Man, let me t- I went to Westwood Christian School from 6th to like ninth grade before they kicked me out. And we had to memorize like so many books, like the books of the Bible in order and all these things. And I was like, man, what are you? This is like not useful, and you know God knew where I was going to be. You know, 25 years later, but uh, you guys need to just read through your scripture, not depend on the screen, because it's going to be a moment that we're not going to be able to gather in buildings like this. You know what I'm saying? And you're going to have the, the word needs to go from there to here. You know, so just that that uh, I told I was talking to a friend. I was like, man, I wonder if one day on a Sunday you just turn off the the AC, turn off the lights, don't have any any instruments. Like, how many people will stay in church? No chairs. Can you imagine coming here that's like that? Like, what will happen? No, I can't do it in here. It's not, it's not my church. But I just, I just wonder, like, how many people, how many people would, would, would leave, you know what I'm saying? Because we're so comfortable. There's nothing wrong with comfort. But where comfort stunts growth, then there's a problem. So, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We've heard the scripture spoken, preached on. We've memorized it, you know, because it's not that long, so it's easy to memorize. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to focus on three things. One, he says he's the way. I think the way has to do with direction, with a path, which with, in the direction, where are you going? The truth, the truth has to do with deception. There's a lot of things and, and lies that we've embraced as we walk through life. Some of us weren't born in church. Some of us were. And even if you were born in church, there's still lies that you've embraced in our lives. All of us, we've embraced lies in our life. And the last thing is the life. So it's direction, deception. And to be honest with you, I was looking for a word that could rhyme because, you know, I like the flow. You know, 
direction deception, but couldn't find one. I was like, life injection, that doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? So, so we're just going to stay with the life, okay? <laughs> the direction, deception, and the life. And uh, I want to read this verse in Proverbs 4.23. It says this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now, this says everything. It doesn't say some things. It doesn't say many things. It says everything. It says to guard your heart. And the, the tricky thing about guarding the heart, you got to guard your heart from things that are in the exterior. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever played. How many guys play football? Right? And, or even basketball. You know this drill right here? And then the, the, the coach blow the whistle. Right? Whistle. Blow. There you go. Thank you, man. You appreciate that, bro. See ya? Uh, give it up for coach. Coach, good job. All right. And, and the thing with the heart is that you don't only have to guard yourself from things that are coming from the outside. You have to guard yourself from things that are coming from the inside. There's things that are in you because we are flesh that try to deceive you. So when the Bible speaks about the heart and guarding the heart, it's not just guarding towards things that people say or things that people do. It's guarding with things that are already in you because you were born a sinner. Right? Nobody taught you how to be selfish. Nobody taught you how to be angry. When you're a baby, nobody teaches, no parent, you know, sits with their two-year-old and say, son, when somebody takes your toy, this is what you're going to do. Mine! And if you do, I'm sure there's some parenting courses in this church that you can take. And real soon, please. <laughs> See, it's in us. And why am I talking about the heart? Because the thing is, the heart is like a steering wheel. It takes you to places that it wants to. If you don't guard your heart, you will end up in places that you don't want to be. If you don't guard your heart, you will end up doing things that you don't want to do. If you don't guard your heart, you'll end up in a place that God never intended for you. And since the we're talking about direction, then the heart is crucial. It's a cu crucial part of this equation. And in Matthew 15, verses 1 through 9, there's a passage that I want to read. And if you guys can just turn to your Bibles or your phones or whatever you have. And it says this. Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. Excuse me. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition, for they ignore a tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Jesus replied, and why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. Okay, that's pretty. But you say it is, you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you. For I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right, was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is farce, for they teach man-made man ideas as commands from God. Now that's a pretty like, tough scripture. But before we continue, I want to give you the definition of tradition. 
and this is in the biblical dictionary, says this. The transmission of customs and beliefs from generation to generation. The transmission of customs and beliefs from a generation to another generation. Got it? All right. Amen? I got to talk to me, man. I'm here talking to myself, okay? I'm not crazy, but maybe a little, but not like that. We have traditions, right? Like, you know, some of you guys go to a vacation to the same spot every summer, you know, for a week. How many guys have that vacation? Can I go with you guys? No, I'm playing. You know, I have a friend that we used to go to, I used to go to Santa Bowl with him. Like, I went three years in a row, and they would go the same week. They would go out there, and it was crazy, man, because I don't know, sea lice. I had never seen sea lice until I went to Santa Bowl, and I got out of the water, and I had, like, I was, like, itchy. I'm, like, what is this? They go, sea lice. Oh, I appreciate the warning. You know what I'm saying? You know, we have other traditions, like what? Coming to church. Yeah? Every Sunday. And we teach our children, hey, we've got to go to church. Some of you guys, you know, cook a, 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 a pork in una caja china for, 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 uh, for New Year's. How many do that? Any caja china? There you go, look. You know? We have traditions. And traditions, traditions are important. You know what I'm saying? They're things that help us live life in a healthy way. It's almost like routines. And now the Pharisees are coming to Jesus and saying, hey, listen, there's a tradition that your, your disciples are not, are not really following up with. They're not, kind of, they're not washing their hands, uh, you know, ceremoniously. And then Jesus answers, and, this, and he answers what he answers. But the first thing that caught my attention is like, man, these Pharisees are kind of like the, how many guys in elementary school were part of the patrol? So I got to confess something today. So I joined the patrol. You know, I joined the patrol, and it was, you know, this orange, the orange belt that went like that, which was always get tangled, and it was always confusing. I don't know how to, like, you know, right? It's so confusing. So whatever. Um, with a little badge, and I was in the parking lot, so I had this little red, stop, you know, stop sign, you know, like. <laughs> but the truth is, I did not join the patrols because I wanted to uphold the, the law in Winston Park Elementary. The truth is that I joined the patrol because at the end of the year, there was a field trip to the clubhouse, the Winston Park clubhouse, where there was a diving board and a basketball court and all these type of games. And the only reason that I joined the patrol was so that I can go to that trip. When Jesus tells the Pharisees, you're doing things for your own benefit, it was like that. They were doing and exercising the law, but it wasn't for the love and the benefit of the people. It was for their love and benefit. And the truth is, we're like, oh, those Pharisees. But some of us have become patrolmen in the house of God. Oh, look at Sister Annie in the front worshiping. She's crazy. What? Who picked that song? Mm, there's no, that song is not anointed. Mm. What? Who is this short, sexy, dark preacher screaming at me in this? Who is that? <laughs> and we start, we start taking people apart, man. We've become experts at taking people apart instead of becoming experts at searching our own hearts. We're law carriers. Yes? Not spot. 
You don't look for the spot in you. When you're a log carrier, you're not worrying about spots. See, because when you have a log, in your, when you have a huge stain on your shirt, you know it's like, when you, I'm, I hate eating spaghetti because there's not one time I eat spaghetti that I don't get sauce on my shirt. It's horrible. I'm not going to start pointing out the little stain on your shirt when my whole entire chest is full of red sauce. When you know you carry logs, you don't worry about people's about people spots. You don't worry about the speck when you're carrying a big stick. And we've become experts at judging people, whether they're failing or not, or doing things that we don't like. We've become experts at pointing fingers, church. Instead of being people that go into the quiet place and we go deep into our own hearts. The psalmist in 139, Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Check this out. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Man, let that be our prayer today. Let that be our prayer today that we can say, Lord, search me. Search me. Don't worry about what your neighbor's doing. Worry about what you're doing and what's going on in your heart. But you know what takes courage to do that? It takes courage to look and to ask God and say, God, search my own heart. Point out. Man. How many of you guys like getting critiqued in here? Yeah. Nobody, nobody likes getting critiqued. It takes courage to say, hey, tell me what's wrong with me. And not only tell me, point it out. Make sure I know what you're talking about. Search my heart, oh God. There are things that we know about ourselves, right? Like, for example, I'm fearful. I know that. That's something that I battle with every day and I'm probably going to battle with to the day I, I, I die. You know, I sang here in front of you. I'm not a singer. But I do it in obedience to what God's asked me to do because I don't want fear to lead to go first in this place. I want faith to go first. I want him to go first. Anything but fear. Because that's something that's evident in my heart. See? But there's things that are not so evident. And maybe you've been in church for like, I don't know, 10, 12, 15. Maybe, you know, you got a Nest Church tattoo on your back, your shoulder. You know, I don't know your situation. But the truth is that we're not aware of all things. Uh, there's a funny story. My aunt, so my aunt, I have, my mom passed away when I was 13. I still live with my aunts. I had three aunts, Marla, Alicia, and, uh, and uh, Iris. Um... So my Aunt Marla, she, she, she's a doctor, and she went to the mission field. I think it was in Ecuador. And she was there, and, and they, you know, they went in the, the river and all that stuff, you know. And they ended up camping out. And they camped out the first night. Everybody went to sleep. They woke up the next morning. They, you know, they're eating breakfast. They're like, man, there was somebody snoring. Like, I couldn't go to sleep. Like, yo, are we got, I've got some crazy snores in the house. Well, you don't know. Your wife or your husband have to tell you. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody thinks, I don't snore. And then you get married and you're like, I, you, you know? It's like surround sound in the house, you know? 
and they wake up and they're like, man, you know who it was? No, we don't know who it was. This and this. And that. Well, you know, so my aunt's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Tonight, when we go to sleep, we, we're going to stay up and we're going to find out who it is. We need to find out because now we're never going to go to sleep. So they go to sleep. The next morning, everybody wakes up. My aunt wakes up. Oh, they go to breakfast. And she's like, huh? So who was it? And everybody was like, it's you. It's you. You're the one keeping us up snoring the whole entire night. You know, she had something. There was something about her that she did not know about herself that was affecting everybody around her. And there's things in our hearts that, that we don't know about ourselves that's affecting everybody around us. And unless we say, oh God, search me, oh God. Look into my heart. Point out anything that offends you. Then we're going to continue walking in ignorance. And people are going to pay the price. Because the kingdom is about people. It's not about buildings or instruments or air condition or screens or pulpits. It's about people. Living stones. So my question to us today is, do we have the courage to say, search me, O oh God, know my heart, and point out anything that offends you? Do we have the courage? That's church. Direction. If we never deal with our heart, we will never be able to go in the direction that God wants us to go. We'll always deviate because your heart is a steering wheel. And we don't, when you don't deal with your heart issues, it's kind of hard to get to where you want to get to because you're always going to sabotage yourself. You hear me? And I'm not preaching to you or at you. It's for all of us. This word hit me first. Yesterday I was sitting there in my, in my dining table just worshiping. And I just started weeping because I know the condition of my heart. And there's things that I don't know. But I asked them there. And I didn't even speak it out loud because my kids were in the other room. I was just like, search my heart, oh God. Search my heart. Point things in me that, don't, that, that, that offend you, that don't bring a smile to your face. Direction. Let's go to Matthew 15, 21 through 28. <clears throat> this is what it says. Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her, go, tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all, that, all her begging. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God, God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She, repli she replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the master's table. 
Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. The situation is this. This woman, how many mothers do we have here in the house? Mothers, raise your hand. Your daughter is demon, think about this, your daughter is demon possessed. So imagine, imagine the desperation, because we read this, but we're not really there. But imagine the des- desperation as a parent of having to live with your daughter or your child in that condition. Right? Because we need to really get into the situation before we just, we can just read scripture. We got to read scripture, you know? And she says, she's like, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. You know, this is Jesus, the son of God. He is love. And I know you, you guys, I know P. Diddy calls himself love. He's not really love. Jesus is love. I don't even know what to call him. P. Diddy, Puff Daddy, P. Daddy, who the heck? I don't know. Verse 23, look at Jesus' response. No reply. Oh, man, have you sent a text and never got, and never got a reply? Especially an important one? Like, my wife hates when that happens. Like, I'm, in the, I'm at work, and she sends me a text, and sometimes I don't feel it. So if, if two, three texts don't work, what, guess what's next? Wait a minute, the other girls are like, a call. She calls me, she's like, why aren't you picking I was like, well, I didn't feel it. No reply. She's not asking for God to pray for her daughter because she has a headache or because she broke a nail or because she twisted her ankle. No, she's demon-possessed. How long she's been demon-possessed, I don't know. It didn't say. But she's been, she's been demon-possessed. And this woman is going to Jesus. Now, she's a Gentile. She's going to Jesus and saying, Jesus, heal my daughter. Please help me. Well, maybe Jesus didn't hear. But maybe the disciples. Let's see what the disciples do. Okay. Verse 23. Tell her to go away, they said. (laughs) She is bothering us with all her begging. These are supposed to be the men that are walking with Jesus. Like, what's going on? Like, this isn't, this has to be a typo. This can't be. She's not asking for, she's asking for God to deliver her daughter. Verse 24, then Jesus says to the woman, so no reply. In other words, I can't hear you. Right? Then the disciples are like, shoo, get her out of here. She's getting annoying. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says this. I was sent to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. So first, Jesus says, I can't hear you by, not, by ignoring her. And now he's saying, you're not qualified by saying he was sent only for God's people. Oh, wait, wait. You don't qualify for me to help you. This is Jesus, guys, talking. It kind of doesn't make sense, right? You're like, what the heck? Jesus, I think you drank a little bit too much wine. Wait, what happened? Wait, he, was, he thought he was drinking water, you know, and maybe. Um, that was a corny joke. Okay, we'll just keep going. <laughs> remember traditions. Yes? Yes? Remember tra- tra- traditions? The transmission of customs and beliefs from one generation to another. The belief was that the Messiah was coming to rescue the people of Israel, deliver them from slavery. So anybody that wasn't a Jew was excluded. You hear me? 
That was what was being spoken from generation to generation to generation. That is what they were believing. Check out this woman's response. Man, this woman's a G. She says this. But she came, she didn't say it, but she came and worshipped him. Jesus says, I don't hear you. I can't hear you. He says, you're not qualified. And her response is, That's a whole other preaching. You can get a whole sermon off of that. That has, that has to move Jesus. Like, <laughs> that, if anything was going to move Jesus, it has to be that. So let's see what Jesus says or does. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and give it to the dogs. Some of you women would have been like, hold my earrings. Oh, my earrings. I'm about to whoop this boy. Uh-uh, boo-boo. You know what I'm saying? You're crazy. What's wrong with you? Is she, he just called me a dog? If you translate that to modern language, it's even worse. It's bad. It's real bad. Look at her response, man. That's true, Lord, but even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. Jesus. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's true. That has been the tradition. That is what people have been saying, that we are like mutts, like we are like dogs. Remember when the Jews, when the Jews would have intimacy with, with people outside, Right? That's what they would call like Samaritans, like a mix. Yes? So this woman is a Gentile. She doesn't know the law. She doesn't know the prophecies. She still worshiped Jesus. And she's saying, yeah, you know what? It's true. But even the dogs get the crumbs off their master's table. And then finally, in verse 28, dear woman your faith is great your request is granted and her daughter was instantly healed if you would glance at this scripture you would think man that was kind of that was harsh on Jesus like Jesus was trying to beat this woman down but Jesus wasn't trying to beat this woman down Jesus responses weren't to break the woman down Jesus' responses were to break down every lie that had been passed down from generation to generation. He can't hear me. I am not qualified and I am not worthy. And at the end of that story, when Jesus says, dear woman, whew, dear woman, and he tells her, your faith is great. 
every lie that had been passed down, every tradition that had been passed down from generation to generation saying that, that if you're not a Jew, God doesn't hear you. If you're not a Jew, you're not qualified. If you're not a Jew, you are not worthy, came crumbling down. And all of a sudden, that woman with her faith, with her great faith, opened up a highway for everyone that wasn't a Jew to know Jesus. Her faith. I have a question. All those things that Jesus said, who were they directed to? To her. But who was healed? Your battles aren't just for you. Your battles are for your children and for your children's children and for their children. When you're standing and you're through the fire, man, it's hot. And you say, Lord, I can't take this. Why? When is this going to end? Today, tomorrow, a month, a year, two years, four years, ten years. Remember that your battle isn't just for you. This woman was asking for the healing of her daughter. But in 2019, she's being spoken of as a hero in the faith because she was used to make a way where there wasn't any way. Where traditions reigned, where traditions reigned and lies reigned, all of a sudden now the truth, the way, the truth came into her life and changed everything. Changed everything. I ask you a question. Later on when Jesus dies, resurrects, and he is taken to heaven, and all of a sudden the disciples are left to preach the gospel, but not just to the Jews. It starts off to preaching to the Jews, yes? And then Peter and, and Peter and Paul, and all of a sudden they started having this kind of uh, like uh, discussions, right? Should we preach to the Gentiles? Let me ask you a question. Do you think that this woman came to their mind? Question, would you forget an experience like that? So do you think that as they walked, the walk that, was, that God was calling them to walk, this Gentile woman, when they were discussing, should we preach the gospel to the uncircumcised? Are they worthy? Hey, guys, remember that Gentile woman <laughs> that Jesus healed her daughter and said that she had great faith? I think that might have swayed them a little bit. You never know what your acts of great faith will do to the people that are around you. You never know who you're inspiring. You never know who you're speaking to. You never know who your actions are delivering. You have no idea who's watching you. But you walk in faith and you see a domino effect of faith giants walking their walk for Jesus. We don't know. We don't know who's watching. Like, I got children. I can't say anything crazy because my, aunt, my daughter was like, Daddy, what was that? And what can I share? What, the, the post? <laughs> got it, you got to You got to ask, guys. You got to ask. <laughs> so, my, they did a, they did a, 
they did like a, a Mother's Day card. It was Mother's Day card, right? And so everybody did my Mother's Day card. My son in his class did, and my, 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 my daughter. And my daughter writes uh, in the Mother's Day card, I think it was like, Mom, you're, you're an amazing woman. Of, you're an amazing mom. You're awesome. And it says, you're, a way, you're an amazing woman of God, even though you scream at people when you're driving. Uh, we, we laughed for like the whole day or two. We were laughing. Everybody, all our friends were laughing. It was like, man, that was so funny. But they're watching, man. Come on. And it's not just children. It's your coworkers. It's not just your coworkers. It's your brothers and sisters here in Christ. It's not just that. It's the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the homeless guy on the street that's always asking for change, that smells like, mm, and you don't want to talk to him. I wonder if we're entertaining angels. Can I be honest with you? The other day we went to go, uh, I went to camp out. I, I never think, I, I never, I, I don't ever thought I would say something like this because I'm just not a very, um, whatever. So I went to camp out for uh, the Science Frost Museum tickets in the library because every once in a while they give them for free. See, I know, see, I, so I looked at the type of person that likes the, the, the Frost Museum. So whatever, so I went. And I was camping out there and I was with my daughter, you know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, when we were gathering, there was like a homeless guy that came. And this guy just had an aroma that, you know, I'm sure he hadn't showered in days. And you could smell. He was like maybe where like Mandy is. And, and that boy was, the anointing was strong. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, this is tough. But then he, he started getting closer. And I was a little iffy because I was with my daughter. You know what I'm saying? Dad, you can, you, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you see Adam like, you know, this dude better not come near me because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a godly man. But I would lay a close hand upon him. You know what I'm saying? And I'll shout an amen at the same time. Like, oh, amen, you know? <laughs> and dude came, he's like, and he's like, so he's like, oh, if you want to go get something to eat. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm good. I told him, I'm good. Thank you. And he said, no, but I was like, I'm good. Thank you. I cut him off both times. And then he walks away. And the moment he walks away, I feel the spirit, man, just say, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? got heart issues, bro. Everything that you do comes from here. So if you're doing stupid things, it's because you got stupid things in your heart. If you're being selfish in your actions, it's because you have a selfish heart. Don't try to sugarcoat it. It is what it is. And if we can say, man, this is who I am, just how we were singing, you, how, how does that song go? How you find me? How does it go again? As you find me, that's exactly how it is. As you find me, Lord, love me. As you find me, but you got to be able to recognize how you're being found so you can give glory to God when you're no longer like that. You know, how do you know how much you've grown if you don't mark where you start? When we were little, come on now. I mean, some of us stopped growing in eighth grade, but you know what I'm saying? It's the truth, guys. You know, so, you know, you start marking. And I remember... I remember my, my seventh grade year, I marked, my sixth grade year, I marked it, and seventh grade year, I drew, I grew like two inches. So I'm, bro, I'm going to be like at least 5'10". I'm like measuring, like trying to carry the one. Times pi, square root of, okay, 5'10". Good, you know what I'm saying? You know? If you don't mark where you're starting, then how can't you, how are you going to be grateful for the growth that you're going through? 
So I remember that, and I marked that in my heart. Now, the day that I go and I hug a homeless man that with my daughter there that's smelly and stinky, hasn't showered in 10 days, and I can say, man, two years, a year ago, 10 months ago, four months ago, three months ago, I wasn't willing to do that. God, you're doing something in my heart. Thank you for what you're doing in my heart. My heart is grateful because I know I'm not the same. You love me just as I am, but you refuse to leave me that way. You want more for me. You want me to look like you, Jesus, because you're the one that transforms people's lives. It's not me. Tradition said he doesn't hear me. Tradition said I was not qualified. Tradition said I am not worthy. But Jesus said you are worthy. Jesus said you are qualified. Jesus says I do hear you, son. I do hear you, daughter. As a matter of fact, I love to hear your voice. I love to speak to you. I love when you come and spend time with me. Draw me a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart. Oh, man, that'll be a prayer today. I want to know your heart. So that my heart can look like your heart. Every son that's proud of his daddy wants to be just like him. Yeah? I want to be just like daddy. Jason Upton has a song, Just Like You. I don't know if you guys know who Jason Upton is, but Jason Upton has a song that says, Just Like You, man. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life. This woman understood something. Not being a Jew, not knowing the law, not knowing the prophecy, there was something in her that told her that Jesus had, their, her, had life for her situation that was full of death and darkness. I want you to hear and understand this because sometimes we get too spiritual and theological and, and oh, and this says, and the theologian says this, and, you know, and when we do an exegesis about this, and no, it's plain and simple. A woman did not know the law, the prophecy, did not know the customs or anything like that is worshiping Jesus. Think about this, guys. She's not a believer here in church. She hasn't been a Christian for 10 years or 20. She's a Gentile. But something in her says, there is life in that man. That man, Jesus, is life. And I need what he has. Peter. You guys can play a little something. Peter. Jesus teaches Hard teaching. We don't know exactly what he taught. But it was a rough teaching. And all of a sudden, he says to the disciples, y'all want to bounce? You can bounce too. Because people started leaving. Because you got the crowd. See, the crowd will follow when it's convenient. When the message is, oof. <laughs> They're here. Oh, thank you, Jesus. When the worship is good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. But when things don't go the way, the crowd is, deuces, I'm out. And he looks and turns it to the disciples. He says, you guys want to leave too? 
be my guest. And then Peter says this, Lord, where else will we go? If only you have words of life. Where else can I go? If you are my source of life. Now, Peter didn't have it all figured out. He was stick his foot in his mouth several times, especially, you know, when it meant the most. But he understood that there was only one source of life. There was only one place or one person they can get to that they, that, that they knew that once they got near, that something would happen within them. And there would be changes. There was only one source that gave them strength. There was only one source that stirred up faith. There was only one source, and that source is Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Today here at Nest Church, we have been challenged by him to search our own hearts. We have been given mercy and grace to, to be able to see the lies that we've been embracing all this time. And we don't have to embrace those lies anymore. Now we can embrace the truth, which the truth is Jesus. And now we understand that no matter where we're at today, that if we go near, if we draw near, if we just get a little closer, if we just go a little deeper, life will start to pour in us and out of us. Because once you draw near to the source of life, you can't help from life filling, filling you and stirring up outside of you. Close your eyes and stand up. We can dim the lights a little bit.